Hey, welcome to Equippers Church Sermon of the Week. My name is John Sparrow. I'm the lead pastor here at Equippers Church, and I'm thrilled you're tuning in. I believe the message you're about to hear is going to encourage you, inspire you, and equip you for life. If you'd like to know more about Equippers Church and ways to partner with us, please visit equipperscc.com. God bless. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Man, can we stand and clap and cheer and honor the women among us? Mothers, not mothers. We honor you, women, mothers, mothers-to-be. We love you so much. We're so thankful for you. We wouldn't be here without you. Awesome. Um, my, uh, I, my, my father's not here today. He's down at my brother-in-law's church speaking. And what my dad typically would do on holidays like this is have a few greeting cards um, to show. Mine are way more appropriate than his. Because uh, I'm younger and there's more at stake and I've got a longer road ahead of me. And so he can risk a lot more in these moments. But let's go to that first card. It says this. It serves him right. I don't know how many times I told Junior not to sit, to tip his chair at the table on the edge of a cliff. See you, Junior. You learned your lesson. How many are going to relate to this next one? Instead of grandchildren, may I interest you in a card? <laughs> the pressure for mom, for kids. Last but certainly not least, mom, we've hired a few people to fill in for you while you relax on Mother's Day. <laughs> Taxi driver, a maid, a chef, a clown, a seamstress, and a priest. There, I mean, moms fill all those roles day in and day out. Uh, we love you, mom, and uh, I, I, I want to honor my mother today. She's not here. She's with my dad, but she's amazing, but I also want to honor my wife. There's a photo of my wife there's Lene. This is, uh, this is how I think of her. Uh, she, Lily in that photo is about 12 days old. Paisley's five days out of a liver transplant. And there's Lene with a smile on her face, championing through it. And her strength and what she's been through in the last 18 months is phenomenal. And she's so graceful. And uh, she does an incredible job. And uh, I, I honor her as a mother. She has exceeded any expectation I ever had of what a mother would be to our girls, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful that they're growing up with that as an example. Amen? Amen. Woo! Uh, <laughs> anyways, before I lose it, um, the title of my message this morning is Mom on Purpose. Mom on Purpose, and uh, I don't want to ignore that there's so many different types of mothers and women and situations represented in this room today. There's uh, mothers of young children, uh, there's mothers of, uh, of old children, full-on adults, there's uh, women without children that are longing to have children of their own that have not yet been able to, there's uh, mothers in this room that have lost a child, tragically, and some of those tragic losses were even before that kid had their first chance to breathe their first breath, and I understand there's a lot of mothers represented in this room, and I, I, I'm going to do my best, but I know beyond what I could say or do, anything I can communicate, the Holy Spirit will communicate exactly what you need in this moment for this day. He is the comforter, the leader into truth, and I just believe that today you would be encouraged, that you would be uh, inspired, that you'd be strengthened, that you'd be empowered as a mother in this house, and and uh, I, I want to remind you of something in Scripture. I don't, I don't have a Scripture for this, but it's out of Matthew chapter 12. 
in verse 46, Jesus was still talking to the crowd. His mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus erased biological bloodlines. And so whether you have kids or not, if you're in the kingdom, you're a mother. Whether you have a mother or you don't have a mother, biologically in the kingdom, you have mothers. And so I believe that God will bring you great comfort today if you have a dysfunctional relationship with your mother. Jesus says that anyone who does the will of their father, that's your family. And so in this room, there's represented a family that goes beyond bloodlines. And aren't you thankful that in this kingdom, it supersedes biology It supersedes the truth that may be waiting outside these doors, but in this kingdom, there's family. And I hope that you find great comfort today in who is my mother, who is my brothers. It's those who do the will of my father. And uh, if that's you, I I pray great comfort for you today um, because Mother's Day, for some reason, even beyond Father's Day, can be a very tricky season and time for people. Uh, whether it's the lack of a mother or the dysfunction of a relationship or your inability to conceive, whatever it is, God will meet you exactly where you are today. Amen? Amen. And uh, actually, before we go any farther, can we all stand up? Can we all stand? Sorry to make you do laps around here. Not sorry. Um, Look, I, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what the situation, but we've seen so many times where people where moms, married women, were not able to conceive, and through prayer and a miraculous touch from heaven, they became pregnant. And so I just want to believe this morning, would you stand with me and agree with me that if that's anybody represented in this room, that God would do a miracle. Would you believe with me? Come on, would you match your faith with mine that God would do a miracle among us this morning? And so would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are the God of life. And right now, I ask that you breathe life into the womb, whatever dysfunction it is, wherever the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy, I declare life today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for fertility in this house. Lord, I thank you for a new generation of babies that are coming forth miraculously. I thank you for healthy pregnancies, prosperous pregnancies. And Lord, right now, whatever womb needs to be touched, Lord, I thank you. You're the God of miracles. Jesus, by your blood, by your sacrifice, the price that you paid, It's our right to claim fullness, wholeness in your presence. So I say, come forth in Jesus' name. Be fertile in Jesus' name. Anything that needs to come into line, come into alignment in Jesus' name. Would you say with me, amen. 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 You can have a seat. And the amount of times we've seen that is amazing. I remember being with my my father in Christchurch, New Zealand uh, a long time ago and there was this couple that was trying so hard for so long to conceive a, a child, and he prayed for them. And then the next year we were there, they were there with their little baby. And uh, we, we love seeing that, and God does it all the time. So I, I hope you find great hope in that, if that's something that you are uh, wrestling with at the moment. But this, this, this sermon is called Mom on Purpose. How many of moms are on purpose? Moms are on purpose. That was so lousy. How many of moms are on purpose? Yeah, need some of that today. Although I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good today. I, I, I had a serious encounter during worship. Anybody else? You're just thankful for worship? I got this sermon idea. I'm, I'm working on it. It's called Sing Me a Song. 
When Saul had mental health issues, what did he do? Bring in the psalmists. Sing me a song. And so I believe the solution for the mental health issue in our society is worship. It's singing a song. And so I'm, I'm going to work on that, craft that, and I'm looking forward to uh, what the Lord does with it. But um, we're going to go to Scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, amen, amen, amen. 25 through 37. This is a, a, a story that we know as the Good Samaritan, and it's up on the Bible in the sky if you want to follow along. It says this, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. It is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus said, do this and you will live, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead or unconscious. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side, so too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Mom on purpose. Lord, I thank you for your scripture. I thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would lead us into truth, that you would interpret this tongue into any tongue that needs hearing today. And Lord, we thank you uh, that in your presence anything is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm I'm just going to cover four points about what a mom's purpose is, and I hope you're encouraged and inspired. But first point this morning, as a mother, if you're a mother, say, my purpose is priestly. Are you guys tired? It's Mother's Day. We're not supposed to do anything today. My purpose is priestly. Priestly means an intermediary between God and people. Look, get this, this this next one. It, It says, no plan or purpose of God comes by any other way than the womb. Can you get your head around that? No plan or purpose of God comes any other way than the womb. See, God's plan is for people, from people, plain and simple. We see it through Scripture from the beginning to the end. When God had a plan for humanity, what did He do? Brought forth a child. He raised a man. He raised a woman. So no plan or purpose comes by any other way than the womb. And why do you think there's such an attack on unborn children in our day and age? It's because if the enemy can keep If he can cut a life short, he knows that he can keep a generation oppressed. Because no plan or purpose of God comes by any other way than the womb. So if he can cut it short, there goes a destiny. There goes a Moses. There goes 
a Jesus, if you will, a freedom forerunner for a generation. And, and that's why infertility is so devastating because there's so much purpose attached with pregnancy and bringing forth children. And again, in this setting, in this room, we're talking kingdom family. And so as a mother, I want you to jump outside the boundaries of just biological lines and consider yourself a mother, even if you aren't a daughter, even if you don't have a mother, because you are part of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, So being a mother is not just important, it's actually holy. It's actually a priestly role. Mothers are intermediaries between God and people. They are carriers of purpose and plans, and they birth them into the earth for the sake of everyone else that's priestly. And uh, they bring about his purpose and plans in the form of helpless, stinky, loud little babies. And that's the way that God likes it. Isn't that funny? We see it in the birth of Jesus. From Abraham straight through, the world doesn't change without a mother giving birth. Come on, can we just appreciate the mothers for a moment? The world doesn't change without a mother giving birth. And uh, I, I want to reference this, this Luke chapter 10 passage today, but I just want to give you a, a bit of an explanation that I'm not trying to undo or change Jesus' intention with this passage. I'm going to take a different approach to it, so hold on to your seats. But, um, it, but I, I am not trying to undermine or change or add to anything that Jesus intended with this passage, okay? We clear on that? Because I'm sure if I would have said that, I would have gotten an email later from what I'm about to do. Um, so we're not trying to undo it. I, I, I think sometimes we can just approach Scripture with a different lens. Do you agree? I, I've said this before, but Chris Brown, not the rapper, singer guy, but this pastor from San Diego says that <laughs> But a, a Scripture is, you, you look at it from stones, and there's, there's the Scripture in the center, and sometimes you have to jump to different stones and places in order to get correct perspective on Jesus' intention with Scripture and so we're going to do that this morning. And this, this story in Luke 10 of the Good Samaritan was for all of us, but really this, this lawyer needed to hear it, didn't he? he? He was looking to earn his way to eternal life. There was something in him that thought, if I could check all the boxes, then I will inherit eternal life. And so he's curious, you know, who is my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't say, who is my neighbor? He says this, who became a neighbor in this story? And this man wasn't going to be able to, in his own strength as a Jewish man, welcome and honor a Samaritan who got the accolades of this story. It was incredibly offensive and exactly what this lawyer needed to hear that day. Anybody need a hard word every once in a while, right, to put our dependence on God? And so we're going to look into that a little bit. But my second point this morning, as a mother, say this out, my purpose is not a pretty picture. (laughs) <laughs> I'll explain. See, we live in like a Pinterest dilemma. Do you agree? Like uh, if a kid wants a birthday party or, or you're trying to plan some sort of event, you go to Pinterest, right? It's where all our inspiration comes from. And so mothers are, are scrolling through Pinterest and, you know, we, we did like a Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh theme for Paisley's birthday last year. And, you know, you, on Pinterest, like the Winnie the Pooh cake is like the full thousand acre woods with like moving hydraulics and, you know, like it, it's incredible. More props to whoever those people are behind Pinterest, but it's incredibly unrealistic. you agree? And like the expectation for a mother to replicate Pinterest is so high, I feel so bad for you. 
Because other people show up to your parties and events, and they're like, man, that was way better on Pinterest, right? They're all judgy. There's like entire Netflix series now, Nailed It. Have you guys seen this show, Nailed It? It's a, just watching people try recipes from Pinterest and failing miserably. I watch it. It's incredibly entertaining, and it's just so true. The Pinterest dilemma. Add Instagram to the recipe, and you mothers are up against so much and how you're trying to raise your children and host their parties and how they dress and how you're portrayed to be. And I just want to say for a minute, your purpose is not a pretty picture. It's so much better, so much greater than just a pretty picture and a pretty party. And I'll explain why. See, the, the, the Samaritan in this story always gets the accolades, and, and we'll cover that in a minute. But uh, I, I want to explain something about the priest in this passage of Scripture. There, there's a Scripture in, in 1031. It says, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so we see that often. We think, boo, right? Like the priest, he's, he, he's too good, too prideful. He, he just ignored the need on the side of the road. Eh. Yeah, I grew up my whole life thinking that way. But really, contextually, in studying this passage, and you, you got to follow me here, will you? Uh, we can assume this priest was a good man. He was for the benevolence and the good of a community. And so this particular day, he was on his way back from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he would have lived. And on that road, he would have seen this man who was beaten, bloody, bruised. He couldn't talk, and he couldn't see what he was wearing. And, and the, the priest would have had a good motive to help the man, but he had some things to consider in whether he would help him or not. See, as a priest, if this priest would have touched this man and tried to help him, and the man later died, the priest would have had to rend his clothing, and that was breaking the law. And that considered him unfit as a priest if he had to rend his clothing. And he couldn't hear the man's voice, his dialect, if you will, so he doesn't know his ethnicity necessarily, and he can't see what he's wearing to further uh, add to the confusion uh, if this man is of the same breed or not. And if he was not, this priest is not to touch him in the state that he's in. And we think, oh, you know, come on, get over it, man. Just, just for a moment, help a brother out. Get over your priest thing. But here's the deal. If this priest would have taken the risk of helping this man that particular day, and he was either not of his kind or he ended up dying, the priest would have had to schedule a week-long intensive back in Jerusalem at the temple to go through a cleaning ceremony. The list was long, and so it could have been a long time before this priest was able to go through the ceremony. Then when he gets there, it's another week, and all the while, while he is unclean, his family doesn't eat, his servants doesn't eat, and the benevolence of an entire community is cut off. And so if this man makes this decision, there's actually really high stakes involved. It's like the welfare and good of an entire community if this man misjudges this intervention. And so as I was reading this and pondering it and studying it, I thought, what a beautiful picture of a mother. Like a mother so often has to forego the good thing for the God thing, if you will. A mother so often has to go misunderstood and behind the scenes and changing diapers and staying up all night. And, and a lot of times, this is our story, like, like I'll, I'll get up on a platform and I'll get the accolades because people get saved. And, you know, there's this, uh, this great spirit move. But really, in that story, Lene is the hero. And here's the deal. A lot of mothers 
working, not working. All mothers are working. We all know that, right? The average mother, whether you have an office job or outside job or not, you work about 98 hours a week, typically. That's like on a pretty predictable week, 98 hours a week. Come on, somebody. That's outrageous. That's amazing. So you have a a 98-hour-a-week obligation, which means that for the big yes of being a mother, there's a thousand little no's to other things in life that seem a lot more Instagram-worthy. They're a lot more worthy to put on Pinterest. They're they're a lot more of a pretty picture than than raising a baby. And so your call, your role is priestly. You you can consider yourself a priestly, and, and your purpose is not to paint a pretty picture because a lot of times you have to forego the immediate gratification of doing something good because you know that your calling is higher. You know that you have to give some things up. You know that you have to be behind the scenes for a certain period of time. And you know that a lot of times your husband or or whoever it may be in your life is going to get the accolades while you're at home sacrificing everything in life because you have a priestly call. You actually have to forego the immediate. You have to forego the good things at times for the God things. And so today I want to honor you, mothers, because that's not popular. It doesn't often get the comments on the picture of the real story behind the scenes, does it? With a higher purpose in mind, you spend so much time. And again, whether you have a full-time job or, or outside of the home or whether you're at home with your kids, either way, you can't escape being a mother. And we could say father too, but there's something really special about a mother. Don't you agree? They can't turn it off. <laughs> they can't turn it off. Always thinking about their kids, what they're doing, what they're going to eat. They're going to survive. <laughs> 30 minutes away from the house for us consists of 29 minutes of conversation about what the children are doing at home. Then <laughs> I can't turn it off. It's amazing. So your purpose is, is not to paint a pretty picture. The priest forgoes the immediate temptation for a good thing in pursuit of the God thing. And I want to honor mothers for doing that day in and day out. See, another thing about being a mother, and mothers, you all say it with me, my purpose is painful. My purpose is painful. And I'm talking beyond just childbirth, right? I was going to tell a story about how difficult the birthing was for me, personally. (laughs) I mean, come on. You ladies have never lived through holding the hand of a birthing mother. <laughs> but Lene was so much more cool, calm, and collected than I was. I was just a nervous wreck, man. Like, at one point, she passed out. And, and like, I, I thought she died. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is the way it ends. Wow. <laughs> you know? And, and she, she comes back just like, what? I was like, no, I, I was so scared. I was so, do you remember we went for a walk and, I, and you passed out and we had to like put you in a wheelchair and get you back into the room and put the machines on? And, I mean, I'm giving birth to a baby. <laughs> Think about us for a minute. No, don't. Let's not. Let's really not. <laughs> My purpose is painful. 
In Luke chapter 2, 33 through 35, Mary receives a, a, a prophetic word from a man named Simeon when she gives birth to Jesus. It says, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him in relation to Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And here he says it, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. A sword will pierce your own soul too. My purpose is painful. And uh, the beautiful thing about the prophetic word that Mary receives at the beginning in knowing that a sword will pierce her heart. Nothing stopped her in those years in between When we read the account of the crucifixion and who's there watching, it's Mary. She understood right from the beginning that this may be painful. What I have to watch, what I have to witness in unfolding the destiny of my child's life, it will cost me something and it will be painful. But she was determined to see the thing through and we see Mary at the cross at the very end. And maybe your child isn't going to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. I don't even have to say maybe. I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteeing you that your child is not going to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. But as a mother, you bring this life into the world, whether it's through adoption or, or, or any other means or, or, or through the canal. <laughs> and you have this life. And man, that was painful. And then, and then you got to like trust God with their life. And then they got to go to school. And then they got to get heartbroken. And then they got to like go to college. And then they got to get married. God forbid they get married. <laughs> yeah, in a few years I'll be really hoping that they get married. 35. <laughs> but your purpose is, is, is painful. And, and here's the deal. Like mothers... Um, fill multiple roles, I'm going to relate not just the priest in this story, but also the Samaritan. We can do that with mothers. Fathers, you're just one thing, right? You got one train of thought. Mothers, we can take different scenarios in a story and apply them all to you because you're so good at doing that, (laughs) okay? I don't know if that's like theologically correct, but um, so, so not only are we relating the priestly role, but also the Good Samaritan role. And, and so what the Good Samaritan did in this story was incredibly costly to his personal well-being. What this Samaritan did for a stranger was scandalous, to say the least. He, he binds his wounds, he puts him on his donkey, and he rolls him into a foreign town as an outsider, as a Samaritan. Not just an outsider, someone who's hated in society in that particular village. And, and the best illustration I've heard for this particular encounter is if you can imagine the Wild West and, and, and an Indian sees a cowboy by the side of the road who has been beaten up pretty good and he's unconscious. And, and the Indian picks up the cowboy, on, puts him on his horse, and they roll into a western town. You could only imagine the hostility that is shown towards the Indian when they see him with a wounded cowboy on his horse. He would most likely be killed in that scenario. Same thing goes for the Samaritan man. In order to help someone who is unconscious, wounded, and and, and naked, he takes him into uncharted territories that were 
incredibly costly. Not only does he risk his life, he puts his credit card on the tab and says, whatever it costs, put it on my card, basically, and I'll come back and I'll, I'll take care of it for this stranger. See, what mothers do is incredibly costly. They're, they're the good Samaritan to a, to a lifeless, helpless, whether they're newborn, whether they're 15 and confused about life and their whole world's upside down. What the mother does is put her own life, her own priorities, everything she's ever known on the line at risk for their child. They do it over and over and over again. And so not only you're a priest with a higher calling, your higher calling is actually a Samaritan sort of calling to risk everything you have for the sake of someone else. And fathers, don't get discouraged. Father Day's coming, but I, 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 I can't speak of you as highly, to be honest, because mothers are just that incredible. What they do is, is phenomenal. They show costly love on an ongoing basis. And lastly, number four, my purpose is powerful. Come on, say it with me. My purpose is powerful. Can we just agree? My purpose is powerful. I, I, like I'm a mother. <laughs> Getting all excited about my motherhood. My purpose is powerful. <laughs> In John chapter 2, it, it says this. On the third day at a wedding, uh, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus' disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I love this scenario, this little run-in, because it's a total mama knows best moment, right? Like you think you know, but your mama always knows better. And now that I'm getting older, I'm thanking my mom more often because I realize how ignorant and prideful and rude I was growing up thinking that I ever knew better than my mother. Mama always knows best, but it's so funny thinking about Mary, the mother of Jesus himself, nudging him into his destiny. Because look at what it says in, in verse 11. It says, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed him. Who nudged Jesus into his miracles? His mama. She knew maybe by intuition or by calling or prophetic word that in that moment she needed to nudge her boy into his destiny. See, as a mother, your, your purpose is powerful. Your purpose is so powerful in the way that you unfold and you nudge and you, you, you discipline and you encourage and you lead your children into a life of purpose and destiny as a mother. Your purpose is incredibly powerful. So I, I hope you know and I hope that you, you feel honored by these. This, your purpose is priestly. Your purpose is not a pretty picture. And we'll quit holding you up to the standard of Pinterest, right? Can we just make that agreement in this house, in this church? Like, you don't got to be anything that you're really not because we just love you either way and we understand being a mother is incredibly difficult. You're not going to always have your hair done, your makeup done. The kid's party is not always going to be like at Disneyland, you know, like we just love you. You just be mom, okay? Third thing is my, my purpose is painful. Thank you, moms, for putting up with the incredible pain and sacrifice of raising children. But I, I want you to know today that your purpose is so powerful, and it's not overlooked. And whatever your household dynamic is, I, I, I trust that you would feel empowered and affirmed and encouraged today.
And if you don't have biological children yourself, I'm believing that in in the kingdom that you would be uh, instated into a role of mother that would fulfill the desire of your heart. And I I pray that today if you have lost a child that in, in, in God's kingdom, Jesus said, who's my mother? It means that there's mothers that exist that don't actually have children. So be blessed today, be encouraged, and I just believe the Holy Spirit uh, is the one who's going to do the heavy lifting on a day like today. And um, I want to go back to Luke chapter 10, just a moment, you don't have to go to the slide, but I'll just reference it for a moment. As we wrap up with Jess, you can come and, I just saw her in the shadows. Hi Jess, she's probably taking care of kids back there. Right? How insane is that? <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus is doing a lot more than just uh, telling a story to a man who is prideful and trying to earn his own, his own, his own eternal life. What Jesus did in that moment is, is explain to this man, look, this is something way beyond your means. This is something way beyond what you could muster up and accomplish on your, on your own. Isn't it funny? He asked for an inheritance, but inheritance is not something that you earn, right? It's something that's given. And so Jesus is not just teaching this man that day a lesson. He's actually prophesying and giving a picture of his own life and what was to come. See, Jesus in that story is the Good Samaritan. And talk about a foreign land. Jesus didn't just come to a foreign town. He came from heaven to earth. He was a stranger, if you will. He was a misunderstood figure. And not only did he come from heaven to earth to be a ransom and the rescuer for broken, bloodied, unconscious, dying humanity. He he not only entered from heaven to earth, what he did is he paid an incredibly high price. He was a Samaritan in the story by throwing us on his own shoulders and walking into death itself on a cross. Bloodied, beaten, bruised, crucified for the sake of humanity because he saw a world that was so in desperate need of saving, that was, if you will, unconscious and naked on the side of the road. And what what the Father God saw fit is that he would send his very best to be the answer and the solution, that they wouldn't have to live bloodied, beaten, and naked on the side of the road anymore, but they would be reconciled to their Father in wholeness and in life. And, And this morning in worship, I was just so thankful, just so thankful for Jesus. It's only by his grace we stand. It's only by His grace I can come into an environment like this and encounter His presence. It's only by His grace that I can be a husband and a father and that you can be a mother. And It's only by His grace when He's accomplished on our behalf. And I'm just so thankful, amen? So thankful. But more than anything we could say about mothers today, I, I want to explain something to you whether you've heard this or not is that when I talk about humanity that's broken and bloody and on the side of the road, you're not exempt from that. I don't know how put together your life is or how chaotic and dysfunctional your life is, is, but either way, what's beautiful is we can all associate with someone who is on the side of the road and needs rescuing desperately. So in these moments... 
trust that today you would leave with more than just a good head knowledge or some, you know, a new song for your playlist and happy at lunch. What I hope today and what our hunger in our heart is always is that you would come into an encounter and a revelation of the one true living God whose name is Jesus, who paid a really high price that you would be his son, his daughter, and that you would live in eternity with him in heaven. It's Jesus. Well, I pray that you are feeling encouraged, inspired, and equipped to take on whatever you may be facing in this life. And hey, why don't you consider joining us? We meet every Sunday at the Clark Center in Arroyo Grande at 10 a.m. And it's always a good time. We'd love to have you with us. And for any more information, ways you can partner with us, please visit equipperscc.com. God bless.